Can you give Jesus that hand clap of praise? He's worthy of it. So worthy of it. Amen. So thankful for what I feel in this house tonight. Uh, would you please stand for the reading of the word tonight? The book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is where I will begin tonight, beginning in verse 1. As you're turning, as you're finding your scripture there, let me just say and reiterate how thankful I am to be in the house of the Lord tonight. So thankful to be at the P.O.P. And so thankful to be with your pastor and first lady, brother and sister Bib. They're amazing family, this amazing church, and all my friends from over the Phoenix area. So blessed to see everybody and so glad to be in the house of the Lord. And I am also glad that my beautiful, lovely wife, Amanda, is with me on this trip. Amen. She is awesome. And we have three beautiful children, Courtney, who was 16, Sydney, who was 13, and Isaac, my little mini-me, who's eight. And we're just blessed beyond measure. We have an amazing church back home. We're going to miss them this weekend, but they are in good hands. And uh, I want to say that I love them and I appreciate them. And I am thankful to be their pastor. They're amazing people. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. When you have it, just shout, I got it. Very familiar scripture, but let's, let's, let's go to the word tonight. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And the great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain and there sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Tell your neighbor 5,000. 5,000. That's 100 of these rooms. 5,000. Jesus took the loaves which he had given, and when he had given thanks, he distributed the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Amen. Would you pray with me tonight? Lord, we love you so much and we are so thankful to be in this house and we are so grateful for your spirit that we feel in this room. I ask you right now that you would move in this house, that your word would do the work now. God, I pray that we will not only be hearers of this word tonight, but that we would be doers of this word also. And God will be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Would you put your hands together now and someone shout in Jesus' name? Come on, shout it again in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name tonight for just a few moments. If you will allow me, I want to preach to you on this subject. Needers and feeders. Needers and feeders. The Bible tells us that Jesus was going over the Sea of Galilee and a great multitude followed him. There was a large group of people that followed him. But the Bible doesn't just tell us that they followed him. It is very specific. It says, because. How many know that there is a because in there? It wasn't that people were just following Jesus, but they followed him because. Because they saw the miracles that he did. They weren't just following him because he was popular. They weren't just following him because he was quote unquote famous. But they were following him because they knew that if they followed him long enough, they may have something happen to their lives. They knew that if they followed him, eventually they would see a demonstration. Hallelujah. These people needed something from the Lord. They needed something from God. And they were in the right place at the right time to receive what they needed from the Lord. They were needers. Amen. And we are all needers in this room tonight. Can I tell you tonight, no matter how great you become, no, how, no matter how much church you go to, no, how, no matter how awesome people tell you you are, you will always need God. Can I go a little further here tonight? Can I tell you this? That if you need something from God tonight, if you need your life touched, if you need your family healed, if you need your body healed, if you need something from God, you are in the right place tonight at the right time. Hallelujah. What need do the people who are whole, why do they need a doctor? If you're whole, you don't need a doctor. Matter of fact, you being in this house tonight is exactly why God is in this house tonight. Because he said, I'll meet you at the point of your need. Everybody in this room needs something from the Lord. We are all needers. And no matter how good you can preach, no matter how good you can sing, no matter how nice your suit looks, no matter how great of an orator you may be or a the theologian that you may be, you need God. Every minute, every second, every hour, I need him. There will never be a point in my life where I reach some kind of pinnacle that I do not need God. As long as I'm breathing and as long as I'm walking in this stinking flesh, I need him every day. The Bible says they followed him because... They saw the miracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some folks sitting in this room tonight. The only reason you're here is because you heard those Pentecostals down there can pray. The only reason you're here is because you heard that there is a life-changing move of the Holy Ghost in this house. The only reason you're here is because... 
Can I tell the church something tonight? The end time revival will not be not be because you got a good website. The end time revival will not be because you got a good Instagram. The end time revival will not be because you got good lights and good music. The end time revival will be because somebody said, I know there's something happening in that house. They can get fake Jesus at every corner of this city. But if they want to see a real demonstration of the power of God, there is a house in the city where God is still moving. That's why we don't care what they look like. We don't care what they smell like. We don't care what their past is. We don't care how many skeletons you got in the closet. We don't care how much junk you got in your trunk. I don't care where you been. I don't care what your mama did. I don't care what your daddy did. I don't care if you got tattoos all over your whole body. I don't care if you're black, white, red, yellow. If you need the Lord, you're in the right place. This is your church. Welcome home and we love you already. If we ever get to a place where people that need God can't come here, then this is a social club. Then all we've done is create an event center. But if we say, if you need him, the doors are open. If you need him, our arms are open. If you need him. They don't need me. They don't need you. They need Jesus and him crucified. They followed because they needed something. They were needers. We all know how it feels to be needers. Jesus said he had compassion on them. He said, man, it's the Passover, and I don't want to send these people away hungry. How can we feed them? Yeah. Jesus is always interested in feeding the people that follow. Let me say that again. Jesus is always interested in feeding the people that follow. Do you know there's a reward in just following him? The Bible says it like this, that anybody that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's interesting. Did you hear the word there? Because me and you are raised in a concept that the only way you get a reward is if you find. That's how we was raised. Anybody play hide and go seek? I know it's 2019, but is there anybody older than 25 in here that still knows how to play hide and go seek? Yeah. The only way you won when you played hide and go seek is if you found the person. But God said, you don't even have to find me. If you just looking for me, I got a reward for you. He said, you don't even have to know nothing. If you just open your Bible and say, Lord, I'm trying to, all, all you got to do is just look for me and you have a reward. I am a rewarder of them that just look. You ain't got to find me. You ain't got to cross every T and dot every I. You don't have to know the Bible inside and out. You don't have to be able to quote the Torah from beginning to end. You don't need to know the synoptic gospels. If you just look for him, there's a reward. He's interested in feeding them that follow. If you're just following, there's, some, there's something good on the other end of that. Yeah. He says, how can we feed them? He turns to Philip. He says, Philip, because, you know, Philip is the money guy. He said, Philip, 
How much we got in the bank? Philip says, Lord, all these folk, the 200 pennies worth we got <clears throat> couldn't even give them all a crumb. That's good news that Jesus' ministry was broke. Hey, hey, hey. You ain't got to have a lot of money to make a difference. The problem is, is we make decisions based on the general account. <laughs> I told him, Brother Bib, I said, I'm going to go buy this land. Found this land, 35 acres of land. I said, I'm going to go buy the land because the Lord told me to buy land. And so I went to buy the land. People was like, why are you buying that land for? You just, a, you know, you just a young church, only been here four or five years. Why are you buying this land? Why are you buying 30? Why do you need 35 acres for? Because the Lord told me to buy land. You don't need to do all that. You don't, you don't have the money to do that. I bought 35 acres in, in out, just on the outskirts of Atlanta, and we paid it off in a year and a half. Because we don't make decisions based on what's in the general account. I'm not running the numbers over here. I'm not God's number man. If God wants to do it, God is on your dime anyway. You'll make a way out of no way. If you gave me vision, you'll give me provision for the vision. Philip said, all we got is 200 pennies worth. And even at that, we couldn't even give them all a crumb. 5,000 men, not including women and children. How can we feed these people? Huh. But the Bible says that as he's talking to Philip, Andrew shows up. Bring me my basket, brother. Brother Mike, would you, would you bring that for me? Thank you. Andrew shows up with the kids' lunch. Now, I'm just going to be straight up with you. This little kid right here was a beast. <laughs> Any mama that sends her kid with five loaves of bread and two fishes. <laughs> My baby hungry. Hercules, Hercules. What kid going to eat five loaves of bread? My goodness, carbohydrates. This kid was not on the keto diet, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew shows up with the kids at lunch. He says, um, he says, Lord, there is a lad here that has five loaves and two fishes. And, and he says, but what is this amongst so many? You see, me and you have misconstrued faith. Me and you have misconstrued faith as confidence. But faith has never been confidence. Faith has always been obedience in the face of no confidence. Well, I'll show you faith. You want to see faith? I'll show you faith in the Bible. Faith is giving God what you already know is inadequate. Do you see what I'm saying? What I'm telling you is Andrew is giving God the miracle and the same time he's giving it, he's explaining why it will not work. That's faith. 
You see, we think that faith is having confidence and knowing that we're good enough and knowing that we can make it and knowing that we got ministry. I got ministry in me. That's my, that's my faith. That's not faith. Faith is saying, Lord, I can't sing, but I'm going to sing anyway. Faith is saying, Lord, I'm terrified to teach a Bible study, but I'm going to teach one anyway. Andrew said, Lord, it ain't enough, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Lord, I know it's not going to make it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Lord, here is, a, here is some lunch that a kid brought, but what is it? among? In the moment that he's giving it, he's also explaining why it will not work. But can I tell somebody in the house, can I preach to somebody for just a moment? Can I just give you some revelation? <laughs> you are not enough. You, you, you can't do it. You, you, you cannot just get it through your thick skull right now. You, you, you've never been good enough to carry the anointing of God. You've never been worthy enough. You, you, you don't have the ability. Go ahead and get it through. Now, now that we got that out of the way, God don't care about what you are capable of. He only cares about your obedience to what he's capable of. God, I know I can't do it, but I'm going to go anyway. I know I won't make a difference, but I'm going to preach anyway. I know, I, God, I stutter. Nobody loves me, but God, I'm going to give you everything I have anyway, and I'm going to believe that you're going to make a way out of no way. I'm going to give you my mess. I'm going to give you my stuff. I'm going to give you my brokenness. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Woo! God doesn't need talent. God doesn't need ability. All he needs is obedience. He'll take a broke Joe who's willing to pay his tithe on $50 a week and make him a millionaire so he can bless the kingdom. I got 27 claps on that one. Y'all was with me for a minute. He'll take an ex-prisoner, an ex-gang member that'll be on fire for God and he'll put him behind a pulpit and he'll preach the fire down from heaven while you sit back with all your heritage talking about I can't do it. God don't care about if you can or if you can't. He can and he's able and he's good. You just show up to the party and God's got it up. God, it ain't enough, but I'm giving it. It's inadequate, but I'm giving it. Uh, the Bible says that Andrew gives the, the lunch and he takes it. And he says, Lord, thank you for this bountiful blessing. Sometimes you have to thank God for what's not enough. There's so many good nuggets in this, in this scripture right here. We keep missing them because all we want to preach about is that 5,000. We keep missing it. Jesus says, Lord, thank you for your provision. Why are you thanking God for that little bit of stuff you got? Some of y'all can't thank, you can't thank God for that measly job you got now. That's why he ain't going to give you that next job. But it don't pay enough. 
Oh, no, you ought to show up early and say, here I am, Lord. Thank you for this little $5.50 an hour job. I pray, thank you, Jesus. God, I give you glory for it. This folks sitting at home ain't even got a job. I thank you for it. If you'll thank God for the little you have, he might multiply. He said, Lord, thank you for the provision." And then they broke it. Because God rarely uses what he is not allowed to break. Some of y'all could be used if you let God break you every once in a while. You ain't cried in a month of Sundays. When's the last time you spoke in tongues? You so hard, you so cool, you so GQ. Talking about, that's a good sermon. Yeah, if God can't break you, he can't use you. You show me a man of God that'll get on his knees in private and weep for a city and I'll show you a man who will win a city. You show me a woman of God that'll get down and be broken in the spirit. I'll show you somebody that God will use when nobody else believes they can even be used. God never blesses what he doesn't break. See, some of y'all thought you was being broken because God hated you. You thought you were being broken because the enemy had control over you. No, you were being broken to be divided so that you could be multiplied, so that you could be used. You ought to give God a praise for the brokenness in your life because it's the brokenness that's going to bring around the blessing. You ought to look back in your past and say, Lord, thank you for the breaking that you brought me through. Because the breaking uh, released the oil uh, that was in me. Hey. They didn't leave you for nothing. They didn't betray you for nothing. You didn't go through that for nothing. God doesn't make mistakes. Uh, he brought you through so that he could bring you out. Hey. Sit down. He told the men, he said, tell the men to sit down. Tell the men to sit down. And you distribute to them that are sit down. Because if you can't submit, you can't be blessed. There's a miracle waiting for somebody's life, but you refuse to sit down. Sit down, be quiet, get your hands off of it, let God do the work now. Sit down. That's a whole other message. Here's what I need right now. I need, I need three or four young men that feel called to the ministry. I need you to run up here right now. Look, three or four young men. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Here we go right there. One, two, three, four. Y'all come here with me. Come here with me. Oh, come, come on. Come on, brother. Look. Look. No, come, come, come. No, come on. Come on. Yeah. Jesus had 12 disciples, man. I, 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 I just, just asked them. Here we go. This is my favorite guy up here. I, I, I love all y'all, but this is my favorite guy. You know why he's my favorite guy? Because he ain't young. <laughs> but he said, I don't even care. I'm going up there. I feel called. <laughs> That's why God's going to use him. Because he ain't going to fit inside your little box you got. Come on, give me a high five. My God. Watch this. Jesus could have said, abracadabra could do, everybody got bread. 
He God. He raised from the dead. Putting bread in everybody's hand seems like a minuscule task. But he doesn't. God never distributes personally. He always uses us. The Bible says he breaks it and he gives it to the disciples. And I, whoever is vacuuming this stage tonight or tomorrow, I apologize. He breaks it. He gives it to the disciples. And he tells them, now, I want you to go give it. Now, now go give it. Just go find somebody to give it to them. This is fresh bread, so if you feel the need, and you just, and I, my hands are clean, and I hope that these guys are clean too. So if you want to eat some, you can eat some. It ain't, we didn't find it on the side of the road. Now, now don't leave this. I, let's see. You see, look, all my disciples went and sat back down. No, we got, we got more to go. Come back. Come back. Don't do me like Judas now. Come back. Now, listen. Me and you missed this miracle. We missed this moment. We, because we read in text but we do not read in context. We, only, we can only read in text, right? We just read it. They distributed it. It seems like so simple. One scripture. But how long do you think it took 12 men to give 5,000 men, not including women and children, some bread and fish apiece? You think that happened in a couple seconds? We only read in text. We cannot read in context. So let's put it into context. And there is a miracle in the context because the disciples go out and they give that bread. And the first dude that gets bread, as I'm distributing it, I'm like, hey, man, here's a piece of bread for you. And uh, <laughs> what you don't know is all we got is five loaves. So I'm giving it to this guy, looking at this guy thinking, boy, you're probably not going to get nothing. Because <laughs> we only got five loaves. And so they, we, we distribute, you know, and we know it's not enough, but we give it anyway. We know it's inadequate. <laughs> we know it's not going to last, but go ahead, go ahead, give that. Go ahead, go, ahead, go, go give that, go give that. Imagine the disciples Handing out bread that they knew was not enough. Come back one more time. Just come back one more time. Imagine the disciples passing out this bread, knowing the quantity that Jesus had. So every time they go out to give it, they know this is probably it. But when they go back to Jesus... Somehow, I don't know how he's doing it because I know I didn't gave about 25 people bread and the bread should be gone right now. <laughs> There's a miracle in the context. <laughs> is that the disciples didn't know that God was working a miracle until they had given enough to realize we are in the middle of a miracle. And every time I give it, when I come back, there's a little bit more. 
Every time I come back, God's got a little bit more. Go ahead, give that last piece and you can be seated. Listen, let me put it in the context for you. The first Bible study you teach will be the hardest one. <laughs> Woo. The first time you give will be the hardest time. But when you go back, you'll realize there's a little bit more. God's got something else. The first time you minister will be the most difficult time. But when you go back, you see that God has more and more and more and more and more. And you realize I'm in the middle of a miracle. I thought it wasn't going to be enough, but look what the Lord has done. I thought it wasn't going to make it, but look what the Lord has done. I didn't even know I was a preacher still I started preaching. You just got to go, sir. You got to go, ma'am. You got to serve. You got to serve. And as you're serving, you realize the miracle is happening. It just keeps coming to me. It keeps coming to me. Hearing the call. Feeling the call. And doing the call. Are way different. There are so many people that are sitting in this room tonight alone. Let's just talk about this room. In this room tonight alone, you have felt the call and you have heard the call, but you have not done one thing with it yet. Not one single thing. You just keep talking about it. You keep praying about it, but you ain't doing nothing. And until you go and give what God has put in you, you will never see the miracle of the replenishing power of God over and over and over and you'll realize wait a minute God's working a miracle in me I didn't know this stuff was in me I didn't know this ability was in me I didn't know this power was in me I didn't know these disciples didn't know that God was doing a miracle until they had been out and back and out and back and out and back and somewhere there's excitement and you say God's doing it this ain't even me anymore God's doing it now somewhere that fear turns into excitement and you say God is working a miracle in my ministry. God is working a miracle in my family. God is working a miracle in my city. God is working a miracle in my church. How do you know he's a provider until you have emptied your hands of what he gave you already? You have to empty your hands to get more. So many churches are full of saints with stale bread. It turns stale in your hands. The preacher preached it to you. He commissioned you. He sent you. He preached that word to you. He put that bread in your hands. And it's moldy and stale tonight. Because you ain't gave it to nobody. Can I preach my message tonight? Everybody had eaten. The Bible says they've all ate. The Bible doesn't just say that they all had something to eat. The Bible says they were all full. 
Woo. It wasn't just enough so that everybody got a piece. It was enough that everybody got full. It was an abundance. It was an abundance of blessing. It kept rolling. Every time the disciples would have the ability to go and serve again, there would be more. It reminds me when the prophet told the woman, said, go make me a cake. But Lord, all, 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 all I have is, is enough for me. Shh, go make a cake. But you don't understand, I, I, I got one more cake and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to die. Go ahead. You eat that cake you got and you will die. If you eat it, you're right, you will die. But if you obey the word of God, you'll keep eating off that meal. See, again, again, text and context, me and you think that the woman made a cake for him and made a cake for her. And, and it's fine. No, no, no. The meal and the oil stayed for two years. Read it in your Bible. You do the math. Two years she was in Zidon. For two years he was hiding out in a, in a, in a woman's home in Zidon. And when he finally left, after two years, the meal and the oil stayed for two years. Every day, make me a cake, then you a cake. Make me a cake, then you a cake. And every time she'd empty out the oil. And after he would eat, she'd go back. The first day must have been mind-blowing. But two years later? Calling the neighbors over. Come over, come over, come over, come over, come over. You do it, you see. If you eat, what you have left, you will die. But if you'll give it, you'll live. Not one time, not one day, not one week. Whoo! <laughs> mm. I got a whole message about that, but I, 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 I'll go for it. He said, Lord, everybody's full. Everybody's full. All the needers are full. It was, it was a lot of work feeding those 5,000 people. And we, we fed them because they needed from us. Uh, where, where's, where's, where's ours, Lord? Oh, we gave it. Hold up, hold up. You telling me that we don't fed everybody? And we got no more bread left? For the ones who did the work? For the ones who fed, we just here for the needers, but there's nothing for the feeders. The Lord said, go and gather the fragments. 
that nothing be lost. And the Bible says they took up 12 baskets full. Are you ready? The kneaders got a belly full. But the feeders got a basket full. The ones that came just to get got a belly full. But the ones that came to serve got a basket full. The ones that ate it got a good meal. But the ones that fed it, the ones that served, the ones that did the work, they left with an abundance above and beyond more than they could ever imagine eating. They got a basket full. It started out with just five loaves and two fishes, but now we got 12 baskets after we fed thousands. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with a one meal blessing. God, show me how I can get a basket full blessing. The only way to get a basket full is to make the shift from a kneader to a feeder. Don't get me wrong, I'm a feeder, but I'm always going to be a needer. But I've decided that I'm not only going to be a needer, I'm not just going to show up and see what the church can give me. I'm not just going to show up and see what I can get out of this. But I made up my mind, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give. If I got whatever I got to do, I'm going to serve. And when you serve, you get a basket full. Hallelujah. Are you showing up to church with a plate? Feed me, Pastor. Well, that's a good word today, Pastor. Woo. I'm going to chew on that all week. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, my soul has been fed. Show up late and leave early. Talking about, mm, that was some good music today, Lord. Hallelujah. They just sang a good song. I was, woo, that church was so good. High five. Didn't pray, didn't show up early, didn't pray for nobody, didn't talk to nobody, just showed up, got your little plate blessing. Wasn't it good? Hallelujah. Man, church was on point tonight. So good. Just by walking in this room, you're going to get a blessing tonight. Just by showing up. Every Sunday you go to church, just by walking through the door, you're going to get a blessing. God will never let you leave the building without at least a taste that he is good. You, it's impossible to show up and not have something added to your life. But you got to make a decision. Am I showing up to church with a plate just to get what I can get? Or am I showing up with a basket? The people that show up with the plate, they're backslid by, by Monday night. They struggle from Sunday to Sunday. But the people that show up and serve and do the work of God and say, I'm going to be a part of what's happening at my church. 
I never have to worry about the people who will show up early and leave late and say, hey, pastor, what can I do? Tell me what can I do? How can I serve? Because they are feeders. And when they leave, they always leave with the basket full more than enough. It gets me through Monday and it gets me through Tuesday and it gets me through Wednesday. And you may be sitting there thinking, why are you preaching this at a youth event? Because we got a bunch of entitled young people who have misguided ambitions and you want to be served. And we will continue to serve you. But you will always have a plate relationship with God. And you will get what is served and when you eat it, it will be gone. But if you'll find a place to serve, I don't care if you're parking cars in the parking lot. I don't care if you're vacuuming this stage that I got breadcrumbs all over. I don't care where you find yourself, Lord. I'm not just going to go to church and see what church can do for me. I'm going to go to church and see what I can do for my church. I'm going to find a place to serve I'm a, because I know that there is a blessing in serving that I cannot get anywhere else. I'm almost finished, but can I, can I just talk to you for a little bit? I'm almost done. I travel, I travel this movement. I travel all over the world and preach and teach youth events and, and, and other events all, all the time. And, and I'm always approached by people. Hey, you know, how did you become this guy? You know, what did you do? What's the 12-step program to becoming whatever they think I am, you know? And I'm like, I, there's no book. I don't know. I don't know. I was just serving. And it happened. I served my father. My father told me no for years. People today can't handle a no for six months. My dad told me no for six years. And I served him. I served the man of God. I served the church without receiving a dime. Never got paid. I just served. And God opened the doors to a servant I'm still serving right now I tell my church you'll never outserve me never if, we got, if there's a serving competition I'm going to win every time because at the core of my body before I'm a preacher before I'm a teacher before I'm a pastor and before I'm an evangelist I'm a servant And so young people will come and ask me, hey, Pastor, how'd you do it? You know, can you mentor me? And I say, yeah, I'll mentor you. Number one, who's your pastor? What's his name? Well, I got a couple guys. I'm not, I'm not talking to you no more. You can't have a couple guys. Anything with two heads is a freak. What is his name? Who is the dude in your life that can tell you no? You can't even get fed until you sit down. If you can't submit, don't talk to me. The second thing I ask him is this. What are you doing in your church right now? What do you do? Well, I, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You talking about you want to evangelize and you ain't doing nothing at your church? You talking about you want to go to Africa and win souls and you can't even teach Bible studies in your own neighborhood? What you talking about? You talking about you got a ministry on you. God's going to do something great. Okay, well, God's going to do something great. That's fantastic. But what are you doing right now?
Where, where are you serving? Where is your basket? Because you're talking to me like you're some kind of minister, but I don't see no basket. Where's your basket? All I see is a plate, and you're asking me to give you some steps to make you great. You can't. There is no steps to being great. You show up, and you serve, and God makes you great. The gift will make room for itself and bring you before mighty men. Let me preach to some young ministers in this room. If you want God to open doors for you, go submit to your man of God and serve until the door opens. Well, he don't understand my ministry. Serve him anyway. He don't understand my calling. Serve anyway. There is not a preacher or a pastor on this planet that can stand in the way of your gift. Listen, that man ain't ever held you back. Never, 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 no, never. There ain't a man on this planet that is powerful enough to hold back the call of God. He ain't holding you back, but you need to get over yourself and get to a basket and start serving. When I backslid, and I backslid hard, not no, not no fake jump, I backslid hard. I came back to the Lord. I told my, and not only did I tell my father, but I told my whole church on the microphone. Um, testing one, two, I am a sinner. No joke. I told the whole church. I've been smoking dope. I've been drinking. I was in the club with half your kids. Oh, yeah, I told the whole church. I told all my business. And then I said, and I refuse to get back on this platform till the Lord changes my life. And you know what I did? I sat on the front row, I wore a suit and tie, and I brought my notebook to church. I could lead worship better than all of them. I was more gifted, more talented. I didn't care nothing about that. That gift and that talent had drove me off the deep end, brothers and sisters. That talent put me in a place where I didn't even want to be. I sat there. I took my little notes. I went back to the head usher. I said, hey, you need an usher? He said, absolutely. I said, yes, sir. Next service I came, I had my green vest on. The ugliest green vest you ever did see. Had an usher. Usher. I had an usher on it. I come and stand in the back of the church. My dad was mad. He was fired up mad. He wanted me to be up there singing and leading. I, nope, no, sir. I'm opening the door. Hey, God bless you. Good to have you today. God bless you. Good to see you. Hey, man, high five. Oh, have a church day. I'm getting there early, making sure the doors are open, make sure the heat's on, make sure everything's good. Oh, yeah, I could sing. I could preach. I could do all that. But I had lived my life with a plate in my hand, and that plate drove me to sin. And I said, no more. I will serve. I'll find a place to serve. And I served. I served the Lord. And finally, one day, my, my father said, okay, I've had enough. You're getting back up here. I said, okay. And my anointing was stronger and greater and more powerful. I was a young evangelist. I'm, I'm closing. I was a young evangelist on my way to Tampa for the quote vote 
Pulled up in the Tampa, young evangelist fired up, had my little Honda Odyssey van. I ready to preach for everybody. I'm an evangelist. I showed up in Tampa. My telephone rang. Hey, hey, what's up, bro? It's Rashidi Collins, man. Hey, what's up, Rashidi? What you doing? Man, look, I am over the ushers at the vote today, and I'm short. Could you usher at the vote today? Absolutely. Would love to. Walked in there with my usher, I walked in there with my evangelist clothes on, took my evangelist jacket off, and put that ugly green, they had the same ugly green vest in Tampa. Who invented these vests, y'all? Like I was in a Christmas program. I'm in the vote with my usher vest on, passing out. I wanted to be there as an evangelist. I ain't gonna lie. But my servant spirit was stronger than my evangelist spirit. That's how I'm gonna serve. And so I'm in there passing out stuff. Somebody said, hey, do, hey you got some tablet, some, some tabs? I said, yeah. He said, look, up there behind the curtain, there's a bunch of preachers up there having a meeting. They need tabs. So I, I run up there behind the curtain, walk behind the curtain. I opened the curtain up, and there stood Jack Cunningham, Tom Foster. Mark Foster, a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys that were heroes to me, a bunch of preachers. Hey, guys, here, here, here. Jack Cunningham said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What you doing? I said, uh, I'm uh, passing out vote tabs. He's like, where'd you get that vest from? I said, they called me this morning and told me that they needed ushers, and, and, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just helping out. He said, I want every man standing here. Get out your phone right now. Get out your phone. All them preachers got their phones out. He said, court, tell them your phone number. I gave him my phone number. And he said, this is one of the greatest evangelists in our movement. And you are crazy if you don't have this young boy come preach at your church. And I preached at every one of those men behind that curtain. My preaching didn't get me there. Hey, my singing didn't get me there. All my abilities and talents and gifts that God gave me, they didn't get me there. I know we may not run aisles tonight. But there's some young men and some young ladies in this church. You need to hear what I'm preaching to you right now. You just need to get you a basket. Say, who can I serve? I know you're good, girl. You, you, you're so good. You can sing. You're pretty. You can preach, boy. I, man, my God, you can preach. You have all the talents and you have all the abilities that are required to do what God has called you to do. You keep walking around with that Bible trying to look the part and act the part. You ain't open that Bible one time, just keep walking around with it. But you get you a basket. Hey, how can I serve? I just want to do the work of the Lord. I don't, I don't need no fanfare. I don't need nobody to know who I am. Anybody know me? I have no, I have no super duper fantastic pedigree. I know who I was. 
basket got me in the places that my talent could not get me into. My willingness and ability just to serve and be okay with serving, I'll do anything. Just a couple Sundays ago, we had All Nation Sunday. I told the men who were standing around, help me. I said, hey, follow me. Give me, give me two things of tea. Give me two things of lemonade. Let's go. I went under that big tent, 500 people sitting there eating at our All Nation Sunday service. Who needs tea? I start pouring tea out. I'm not thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing what I do. I'm not trying to be nobody. I'm pouring tea out. And me, who, who needs lemonade? I'm pouring lemonade out. I turn around and a man from my church is standing in my way. I said, I said, excuse, I said, you need some tea? He said, no, no, no. He said, I, I respect you, Pastor. He said, I always have. He said, you're a mighty man of God. He said, but I've never seen you more anointed than you are right now with that tea jug in your hand. He said, you've done more for me today watching you go around here and pour sweet tea and lemonade into people's cups than you've ever done for me across the pulpit. He said, this is my church. This is my home. And I'll serve you because you're willing to serve. Not my preaching. Not my teaching. It takes a basket to get a basket. You'll never get a basket with a plate. It takes a basket to get a basket. I wonder if there's somebody in this house right now. I feel the Holy Ghost here so strongly. Maybe you want to come to an altar and say, Lord, forgive me for thinking that ministry was about a microphone. God, forgive me for thinking that I could do something for you if, if I had a good last name or if, if, if people knew who I was. But God, tonight I'm going to pick up a basket and I'm going to serve. I don't care where it is. I don't care if I'm opening the front door or if I'm singing in the choir. It don't matter. I looked up here tonight at, the, at this choir I saw these two elderly ladies standing right about here with white hair singing in the choir. My God, give me that kind of servant spirit. My God, give me that kind of basket. They say, yeah, I'm an elder. I could sit back. I'm an elder. I could sit back here and just enjoy the service. But I'm going to sing in the choir because I want a basket. That's a basket lifestyle. I don't know who those two ladies are, but I love them so much. I'm in love with them. You could just take, you could have took tonight off. But you said, I'm going to do something. I want a basket. Give me a basket. Give me a basket. Give me a basket. I'll serve. I'll sing. I'll sing. I'll show up. Hey, pastor, I'll show up to outreach. I'll knock on the door. I'll talk to somebody. I'll show up to the church work day. If nobody else shows up, I'm showing up. I'll be here early. And whatever you need me to do, I'll do I'll mow the grass. I'll sweep the floor. I'll do anything because I, I'm, I'm, I'm living that basket lifestyle. Come on, young men. There's a ministry in this room. Come on, young ladies. There is a gifting in this room. And it will not come through your talent and abilities, but it will come through the servant door of your heart. God, let me just serve. I'll serve my man of God. 
I'll serve the ministers in my church. I'll serve my people. I'll serve. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever I got to do. I just want to be a servant in the house of the Lord. David was a man after God's own heart because he said, Lord, just make me a doorkeeper. Just make me a doorkeeper. I'll just keep the door. God said, no, I don't need a doorkeeper. I need a king. And the man who desired to be a keeper of the door, God made him a king. <laughs> For the Holy Ghost in this room, won't you lift your hands to heaven right now? Lift your hands and receive that ministry. Receive that calling in your life. That calling of servanthood. The next great pastor may be standing in these altars. The next great evangelist may be standing in these altars. The next great minister may be standing in this office, in this altar. The next great missionary may be standing in this altar. But let me tell you what God's looking for now. He's looking for someone who will serve the kingdom of God. He said, because you have been faithful over the little things, I'll make you a ruler over the great things. Come on, let it flow out of you. God, give me a basket. I'll serve. Give me a place. I'll serve. Walking around these walls For I thought by now they'd fall But you have 